Your content website can generate tons of traffic and revenue, but only if you know how to structure the content on your website well once you've bought it. Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Business Podcast, and today I'm speaking with Frank, who is the founder of Saga Pixel, a digital marketing agency specializing in SEO. Now, in this podcast episode, Frank and I break down so many great things. Firstly, we talk about an affiliate site he started, what was involved with that, and why it ranks so well. We also talk about how to structure your content site after you've bought it, how to use only the best categories, how to determine which ones they are, what they would be, and which zombie content to actually delete and why. We also talk about how to create a content plan that is not just gonna be great for SEO, but great for humans. So we kind of lean into talking about the type of content that you actually wanna create that actually generates revenue, but at the same time, why it's valuable to think about the traffic, or should I say human's journey in how they're learning about your niche or your topic and why understanding that can lead to more traffic, better SEO, more time on page, and eventually more revenue. Obviously play the long game here. Then I ask a very specific question around AI-driven content to Frank and why it's not what everybody thinks it is. Both Frank and myself share our opinion on chat GPT, AI-driven content, what it looks like for Google, what it looks like for humans, and where this may end up playing out in the years to come. We also talk about once you've got all your site structure set up and your content plan set up and you're starting to write content, once you've got your content written and it's ranking, we talk about running PPC ads to content and when it actually makes sense to do that and when it doesn't make sense to do that. And what type of articles you would be sending pay-per-click advertising to. Now, there's so much value in this episode. I know you're absolutely going to love it. Now, we do teach people to buy online businesses. We're talking about buying a business and then growing it through this podcast episode. So make sure you don't go away and just take a stab in the dark at this. Make sure you get some help. Get my buying online businesses due diligence framework. You can get it for free. It saved me millions of dollars. It saved so many of my clients millions of dollars and it's made people millions of dollars as well. It takes the guesswork out of buying a business. You can get that at buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources and there's other awesome resources on that page too. Enjoy. Welcome to the Buying Online Business Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, Jared. Really looking forward to this one. Before we hit the record buttons, uh, mentioned that you had a site that you built that was for affiliate and you didn't do a whole lot of work, but it ranked really, really well. What niche was that in? It was home recording. So like reviewing like home recording equipment and microphone software, plugins, all that sort of stuff. So... What was, the, what was the intention with the site? I know that you probably, like much like me, sometimes we have bigger projects that end up, you know, getting more attention because they make more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What was the intention with this one though? So I initially, I, I've always been passionate about home recording. I used to be a musician um, and it, I, I wanted to do some, I, I saw that there were a lot of opportunities there. I just saw the art, the websites that were ranking in search for these queries and and I just knew like I could beat all of them without even putting forth much of an effort. So um, that was the, the route that I decided to, to start off with. I, the, and this was right when I was opening up my agency. And I didn't know whether it was actually become an agency or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. 
And so it ended up rank. You said it ended up ranking quite well. Uh, I want to dive into and how long ago was this when you when you started this one? Yeah. So the the story is, I started this up in January. We start. We opened up the agency in January of seventeen. I want to say it was like summer of that year. Okay. I put the web. I, I put the website up. I started writing a couple articles. I used the methods that we use for our content planning. I'm a heavy Ahrefs user, and and I and I'm a heavy content explorer user with Ahrefs. Mm. So my my favorite method for finding content topics is to go into a, go into Content Explorer, throw in a seed keyword, apply a whole bunch of filters to find stuff that's getting over a certain amount of traffic that has a domain rating under a certain amount, see what's what's generating traffic, and then take a look at the SERPs to see what do we need to do to write a better article than this. Put together the brief, write it, and um, you know let pretty much the inevitable happen and and, and get the you know get these pages ranking. In that case, uh, we were going again after I, I ended up starting off with going after queries related to to plugins. Like we were doing, a, I was doing, um, I was ranking for a lot of like people search, researching plugins for home recording for Pro Tools or whatever. Some of the articles I did, one I remember was about vocal compression plugins, like best compressed uh, compression plugins for vocals. I think we were number one for it. I mean, for that specific query and it got a ton of traffic. And it was crazy because I did this the same years as I, that I opened up the agency and most of my, my efforts were going towards the agency. Today, I have, I have 27 employees. And the reason it fell to the wayside, the whole website, was the fact that I just got so busy with with Saga Pixel that I didn't, I really didn't put any effort in. Regardless, the tra- the, the traffic was was in the tens of thousands every month, and we didn't. And, and this was off at like a couple of days of work, honestly. Congrats! I know the feeling when you have a primary business <laughs> that ends up. I said before, it, it just gets more attention because it's it's uh, seeing different result or or a or a bigger result. Uh, I wanted to dive into site structuring. It's going to be a bit different, like when with this site that you started. Just say somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, like, can you do an SEO order?" And then you need to change some site structuring. You built this. Did you go away and find a few, maybe three to five or two to four main category pages that you wanted to create? And if so, how did you discover those? Was it through doing a lot of content research on Ahrefs and and that out and and distilling it down to like two to four main categories? I didn't use any tools for it. It, uh, The pillars for us, for that website were, and could be again, I have the website, the hosting expired and I never put it back up, honestly. Uh, and I probably could again, but um, the, the, what I did was I, I organized it by the type of recording. So recording guitar, recording drums, recording vocals. Mm-hmm. And I think we had another one that was like recording bass, I want to say. And th- those were basically the four pillars. And how do you come up with those? Were they just the ones that you wanted to rank for and then put and then rank content under that sort of those pillars? Yeah. So the, the, the whole idea was more that the, with recording, if you're recording at home, these are the different things you're going to be recording. You're going to be doing drums, bass, guitars, and vocals. And then there are so many subtopics that you could do under any one of those that I just saw a lot of opportunities mm. in the short term for ranking for those subtopics. Yeah, great. What does it look like when somebody comes to you with a site where they're ranking for just a vast range of keywords and they've got maybe some categories or some 
main hub pages that not actually be the best for the site and they might need to change them. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that you pick up on an SEO audit when you do that? And if so, how do you adopt a new strategy with, with you know, restructuring the site in a way? If that was the case for a, a content site, because there's a lot of people listening, like they might just buy a site that's got, it's in say the lawn care niche and they've got so many random different category pages and they don't know what type of content they should be creating. Yeah. So the big, that's not the biggest problem that we see. Typically what we see is they didn't know how to select topics in the first place when, when clients come to us. Like they, they write articles that don't actually target a query. We had one that we saw this week that like the, the titles were things like acne. That's it. That's <laughs> so they're, 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 that's the biggest problem that I see. Now, if we, but however, if we had someone come to us that has articles that are all over the place, it depends at that point on what the goal is for the website. If you had, for example, a lawn care website, I would then want to identify pillars that you could produce content around. Mm. If we have stuff on there that is out in left field that we think could potentially negatively impact the, the overall, like Google's understanding of what this website's about. So if we had a website about lawn care and then they added a section about like conservation, for example, mm. I, I would recommend getting rid of the content, maybe taking, putting up a second website and migrating that content there and setting up redirects. But I wouldn't recommend mixing content like topics. Like you see on these content farms or people trying to sell you links. It's like they have like finance, tech, education, and marketing. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. If, if you're not, if you're not doing, if you're not just trying to sell links to anyone that will pay you, <laughs> that doesn't know any better. Don't, um, don't run that but, business model at all either. <laughs> yeah. No, just please don't. Um, but so if you had a long care website and you see that, the, the stuff is all over the place. First step I would take would be prune content if needed. If there's any sort of zombie pages on the website that aren't getting any sort of traffic, take a look at them, make a determination. If there is a valuable keyword that you could target with them, um, and if not, get rid of it. Aside from that, the next step at, or the, the step after that would be to then identify out of all these pillars, what seems to be the one that's going to be able to deliver the biggest results for you, the website owner. So if you're monetizing through ads, then I would be going for just raw traffic. If we're monetizing for affiliate marketing, then we, we really should be looking at what's going to have the best margins. So for example, oh, in, in the case of... Was. Yeah, the highest intent keywords, but also the stuff that's going to have the best um, affiliate commissions. Yeah, you know, for for a recording website, you know, selling selling guitar strings or cables are not you know the, the affiliate. You're going to have to move a lot of cables and a lot of strings in order to make any money off of that. But if you're ranking for things like recording interfaces, that's going to be a five hundred to to two thousand dollar purchase. And you don't have to move that many of them to get some good commissions. So my de my decision making would be would be determined based on what my end goal is, if it's affiliate or ads. I think a lot of people when they come to SEO, they have the belief that SEO they just need to get more traffic. It comes to a certain business, the business is only around because it's earning an income. So why not create 
content that's going to allow the business to make income on the chance that yeah if you've got a content site and you're just ranking for info articles then yeah a lot of a lot of traffic is helpful but other than that like affiliate and then all the other business models like SaaS and ecom not after keywords are going to generate revenue instead of just generate traffic i think a lot of people get this mixed up because they think seo is just about traffic right or volume of traffic do you see that when people come to you and say, hey, can you help me with my site? Yeah, I mean, we I, I harp on it with our team uh, on our weekly meetings, just making sure that when we present to a new client, if, they're call, if, if, when, if they call to get a proposal, the first thing that, that I tell them about content, it has to check three boxes. Mm. It's got to be on your buyer's journey. It's got to be something that you can rank for. And it has to be something that has significant enough search volume, which is very subjective. In, in the case of a of an affiliate website, for example, if you have something that has incredibly high volume, but there's just no purchase intent behind it, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your server, your hosting resources. Uh, But if you have an advertising model, eyeballs are eyeballs. You know, it's going to bring in that money. So that, that is one of the benefits. If you are an SEO that does it that struggles and I, I've been I've interviewed probably in the hundreds of SEOs at this point just for roles at the agency and I see that a lot of them the majority of them I mean the a large majority of them struggle with understanding intent and the buyer's journey mm. meaning they'll they'll see a topic and it's relevant to what the website's about but there's there's not a clear path to them googling this thing and then making a purchase for whatever the service is or whatever. If yeah. you are an SEO that struggles with that, I don't recommend. I think that you're going to have a harder time to monetize, a harder time monetizing your website through affiliate than you would through ads. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Feel that it's the same for an uh, an info article or info site optimizing for traffic. They should still be thinking about the buyer's journey because though that there's not an end, usually typically there's not an end product to sell. And I would encourage people to have an email list and then some affiliate marketing from the email list if you can. Sticking with the lawn care niche, say you have no products to sell other than ad space. Well, it's still similar in the way that you think about people's journey with lawn care around, well, they've just decided to start caring for the lawn. What's step one? And then put them through certain uh, journey of content that they should flow through of like, I've just bought my house. I want to start caring for my lawn. What do I need to do to fertilize it? The next step is how often do I need to grow it? The next step is what's the best mower and then maintenance and what. Do you think that's a valuable and important thing to think about the journey, even just for an info site? I love that. On the page longer? Yes, I love that. Especially for a website that is ad that's ad driven that's that's relying on ad revenue Mm. because if somebody comes in with one problem and they they may not they may not have even thought about the the subsequent steps in the process that they're in exactly what you described this ideal i think not only from a from just getting more impressions for your ads on your website because they're visiting more pages, but also from an engagement standpoint, I, I am in the camp of people that believes that Google is paying attention to the engagement that people have on your websites. I even I think I find it telling that they changed the in U, in UA to Google Analytics. There's a section called engagement now. I think that the only reason that they don't uh, just go outright and say, like Bing has, that like click through rate and engagement on website and whatnot is a are ranking factors. Is that I think that they're afraid that they're going to end up having people trying to spam 
with click spam and whatnot, and which would cost them billions of dollars in resources just from, you know, bots clicking on the search results. Correct. Correct. It's just taking up so much, like you said, so many resources. It would, it would anyway. So if that's the case for all sites, all businesses, understanding the journey and then putting them through journey of content that they should consume, on my YouTube channel, I've got a, a playlist of like where to start and, you know, start here and one, two, three, four, five, you basically get like a mini course on my YouTube channel and it takes people through the journey of the, to the point where like, now I'm ready to take the next step in, if they were to work with us. You feel that you've got the ideology that you need to have that sort of journey. How do you then start creating a content plan for that? Well, um, I, I still like to start with stuff that's going to bring that's going to bring them in through organic search. It's going to get them in through the SERP in the beginning. And once we've kind of tapped that out, like the strategy that we've used for our, for our own website has been to create comprehensive clusters of content around marketing, digital marketing for specific types of businesses. So we do a lot of work in healthcare. And if you go to sagapixel.com, you'll find that any article about like marketing for plastic surgeons is linking on the sidebar to articles about PBZ for plastic surgeons, TikTok, social media, how to select keywords, like just everything you'd want to do. And the whole idea is if somebody comes in for one of those, if they're interested in finding SEO keywords, quote unquote, for their new website redesign, maybe they would be interested in reading the guide about SEO and then seeing what our approach is and then maybe PPC because they just want more leads and so forth. I start by trying to get them in the website. However, after that, if we have something that maybe there's not a lot of search volume for, like last year I did a trends in cosmetic surgery marketing article. Mm. Not that necessarily I was trying to get people in through the SERPs, but to get people, get visitors to engage more with the other articles on the website. And I thought someone that's interested in SEO or marketing or whatever, maybe for plastic surgeons, may be interested in finding out, well, what's going on? What's changing in this industry? The ways that we, that we've used, that we can identify those things are a lot of times knowing who your customer is. Like you just described working with a lawn care business, you know, like these are the things that people have to go through. That's ideal. That's not always going to be the case. Tools like Ahrefs, if you go to keyword, the Keyword Explorer, they have a questions tab. I love alsoasked.com. It's another great way to find opportunities for finding questions that people have that will then show you what implicitly, like what, what their journey is. Answer the Public. I mean, everybody knows about that one too. Yeah, a great tool. Yeah. It's a really good tool, that one. Answer the Public, it would be really good for piecing together a customer journey for a niche that you're new to of people that yeah. are listening that are just going to buy a site and they don't know anything about lawn care, lawn care. I find it's okay because if they're interested in the, the business model, they can have writers go away and create the content for them and have people help create a content plan or use uh, Answer the Public for that hybrid. Maybe they maybe they get some help from you with a content plan and then they go away and, and get somebody to write the content. It's pretty big. Recording is AI, content, chat GPT. My own thoughts around it. I believe Google is not going to be too excited about more content that is possibly not the greatest content. But Google's going to do the right thing for human beings at the end of the day, not for AI. I have that perception and I hope I hope it's true. 
Yeah, what, I put something out on. Yeah, yeah, I put something out on on TikTok about this a few weeks ago when this all started. So, if you, anybody that's been paying attention to their coverage report that publishes a, a lot of content will notice that sometime in last spring, in sp- around May of 2021, it got really difficult to index new content. We had a lot, a lot of cases. It was the bane of our existence, honestly, here, that we were putting out these articles on our own website and our clients' websites that would stay in discovered, not indexed for like four months. Mm. And then it would finally get indexed and it would rank at number four for the keyword that we were targeting. So it wasn't like a quality issue. Yeah. It was just a matter of like Google just got really, they, they turned the knob on what they were indexing and they get, it got bad. And then I want to say it was like sometime this summer, it was like somebody hit a switch and it was gone. And then there was an update this fall where it kind of tightened up a little bit again. It wasn't as bad as it was before, but I'm seeing the discover not indexed again on some websites that we know have no quality issues. I'm, I'm getting to the answer with this. Mm. The web is getting really big for Google and it costs them billions of dollars to crawl and index the web. And they've reported that a ludicrous amount of the web, 50% of it is duplicate uh, or, or spam. And as AI gets gets easier and easier for, and more accessible to use and more accessible to everybody, people are going to just churn out so much AI-generated content and Google's going to have to crawl it. And it's going to cost them money to crawl it. And as a result, my prediction is that they're going to want to make examples of websites that are using it. They, they, they want on Black Hat World in these places for people to put up the screenshots of my website got, ha- got hammered and, and the word to get around that AI content is going to get penalized. You're going to hear the other people that say, well, I, I take my chat GPT content and run it through Quillbot. The GPT detectors now say that it's, you know, they don't detect it as being AI generated. My um, argument against that is that Google's technology, whatever they're using is way more powerful <laughs> and they have a very, a, a an economic incentive in the tune to the tune of billions of dollars to identifying this content and not indexing it. Yeah. So you, you know, you can place your bets. I'll place my bets, and and you know, ultimately somebody will be right. Somebody will be right. But like, if you follow the money, uh, where a lot of the decisions lie as well. Um, it's just interesting because I have a lot of people like, oh my god, it's going to be so good because I can just get AI generated content. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be quicker. It's going to be easier. People have gone away and ranked sites fully built by AI and, and stuff like that. All is to make money, so they're cutting corners and not thinking about the human um, experience and the value that a human's going to get from the site. It's not going to want to rank that, right? Like Google eventually is going to slam it. And the people that understand how Google a or probably is going to work. I mean, a lot of SEOs get it, but a lot of people that are just coming into the space just believe like this is this is amazing. This is a shortcut. But more often than not, shortcuts, I believe, is the philosophy of my life. A lot of the shortcuts that we take in our life, not really that short. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when that, the first time I saw that, that this person does not exist website, I remember seeing those pictures and just saying like, wow, these are so lifelike. Like I couldn't distinguish between this and a real photo. Yeah. Today, I can spot one of those, those pictures from a mile away. Correct. 
And I think that we're right now with, with chat GPT and AI generated content at a, wow, I can't believe that this blah, 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 blah. But soon enough, give us some time and we're going to eat. Any human being is going to be able to read this and say like, this reads like it was generated by an AI. And it's also going to make us as humans write better and write with more humor and comedy and be more real. And we will start to see how real human content is rather than this is the answer to how you water your garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, now, every time I read AI generated content, I'm going to read it in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a recorded as well, just in case you need to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we don't need to harp on about that. I think you and I are on a similar page there. And I, I, I believe a lot of SEOs are not that I'm an SEO, but you help people run PPC ads for content. Very, very curious about this because we've gone through the, the site structure, theorization, content planning, content creation. Now we didn't really harp on about content creation in itself. We talked about chat GPT, but I talk about that a lot in many different areas, but I want to talk about running ads to articles or affiliate articles, really running ads to affiliate uh, stuff is frowned upon by many platforms, right? about running ads to info content is it just for and do you see and do this for just uh, content or does the info content actually have like a call to action with an opt-in or is it a lead into a, a certain product paid search is not my favorite channel for promoting content i actually prefer promoting it on uh on twitter and other mm. platforms if if it has uh, if if it has a very strong CTA, in some cases, when we've when we've run it before, it's funny that you asked this question because one of our clients, one of our e-commerce clients, wants us to start running paid search to their articles. And as we're we're approaching this strategy with them, I'm seeing the opportunities because they they, they sell kitchen products. And um, without getting into too much detail, but it's, it's, more, it's way more detailed. It's way more detailed than kitchen products. They sell they sell a very specific kitchen product, and we've put together some guides to purchasing this. Like it's not microwaves. So let's say you're looking to buy microwaves. A guide to purchasing microwaves. We can bid on keywords that would possibly even have. A, a high likelihood of someone per choosing our client's microwave versus another brand's microwave because it has a it has a unique value proposition. So sending traffic to such a page may even be better than sending it to a product page because the person is in the is in the is in the um, consideration phase mm. know, where they're looking at different options. That's usually the strategy. It's like we have a piece of content that is going to be very highly tailored to the consideration phase, like a HubSpot, for example. It would make sense for them to bid on a keyword like CRM comparison of CRMs or reviews of of CRMs for small business, for example, because they they, they know that they're going to have a leg up on the Zoho's of the world. And uh, and they're and them putting together a guide, or even even be funny if they sent the traffic to a website that's not even theirs, because then it even appear, it appears to be non partial. Have a backlink from that site that's not theirs to their product. So that means yeah. would you have an internal link if it is their own site? Would you have an internal link to the product on those content pages or 
couple of yeah. links. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I use them as an example because Hub, this was something that HubSpot, very, very, uh, to my, in my opinion, very smart move on their part uh, that they did a few years ago that they, they ranked themselves for like CRM, best CRM for small business, and they did a checklist. It was a comparison uh, article that compared their CRM to everybody else's, and they were okay talking about the ups, you know, the, the pros of some of their competitors. They can be affiliates as well. You know, have a list yeah. of, you know, um, so yeah, that's true too. affiliate income from from your competitors and <laughs> from your own product. So with that said, what are these um, ads to content, um, paid traffic to content? What are these, what do these ads look like? Uh, you just be running it straight from Google search with some keywords? Would you yeah. be doing it from socials? Very specific. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, it depends on the platform. I know that there are there is so, certain types of content that would lend itself very much to Twitter advertising. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that Twitter is an underutilized platform for for advertising overall. You don't really hear about it much. I've noticed this for the last two years, um, and I had promoted I have promoted things on Twitter, and the reporting's not great. I will say that lots of lots of traffic for quite cheap. I think I think Twitter's underrated as well. Uh, Facebook, Facebook, on the other hand, I think may be getting to the point of being overpriced for for some types of products. <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn also very expensive. Mm. Uh, it's it's LinkedIn advertising. Uh, just sending it to to an, an info page is probably a, going to be a losing proposition. I, it's it appears that the strategies I've seen work well. We, by the way, I'm no expert in social in paid social. By the way, I'll, I'll, I'll underline that. But from the, the experts that I have spoken with, it seems like things like white papers that that provide actual real value uh, tend to do particularly well. Uh, a, a fellow agency owner showed me a campaign that he ran for one of his clients where they were getting ca they were capturing leads from like Microsoft. You know, from like, like a heavy hitter of Fortune 500 companies. LinkedIn can work if you know what you're doing. I, I haven't delved into LinkedIn yet. It's been awesome to chat, really. It's been so good, Frank. Um, can we send people to check out more about Saga Pixel or more about what you're doing? Because we've chatted about so much and there's people are going to be like, wow, okay, I've got a good idea of what I need to do with site once I buy it. Where can we send people to check out more about what you're doing? Yeah, so for the time being, the the best thing if uh, if you you can find me on TikTok, uh, if you just want to hear some videos about doing content research, I, I'm, I've been putting up more stuff there the, the last few months. Um, it's just at sagapixel.com or just at sagapixel is my handle. Look for me on LinkedIn. Um, share a lot of content there. Um, if you're interested in working with us, you can check us out at sagapixel.com. Um, and uh, but at, at any rate, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn and. Obviously, everybody loves followers on social media. So, your name first and your first name second <laughs> yeah. in LinkedIn. So, guys, check out those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on, Frank. It's been awesome to chat. Really appreciate it. Oh, same. Yeah, I love talking shop with people. Yeah.